Morning, everyone. Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we talk about market conditions and market strategies. After the last four listing appointments, this has come up a lot. So I'm going to go ahead and clear the air on the commission strategy that, first of all, how did we get here? What is this lawsuit all about? And everybody's mentioned it, so I need to address it. Um, all the sellers are trying to figure out what to do. So let me tell you what to do. First of all, I'm going to take you back. Um, commissions, right, were are historically, and I'm going back to 1981, paid by the seller, and in that commission pays the selling agent and the listing agent, okay? Both commissions are in there. Let's say going back there, it was 6%, where the listing agent would take 3%, and the selling agent would get 3%, and it was paid. Now, based on that commission structure, all pricing is, you know, priced out, considering that the seller is going to pay both the listing and the selling commission, okay? So now this was before, forget about iPhones. This was before cell phones. This was before fax machines. This is before personal computers. This is before the MLS. This is way, way before the internet. So, so that's the way the structure was. Now, as the internet grew, it gave buyers access to more listings where buyers could start participating in the search process. Basically, what they could do was they could eliminate the properties online that they didn't want to go see, making the job, yes, easier for the selling agents. Also gave us listing agents a new tool to promote our homes to home people that may not be looking in the MLS for that home. I mean, I would probably say 50% of our buyers are not looking in the town that we're selling our houses. They're looking somewhere else. But we have a technology that can find them, put our homes in front of them, pull them into Vienna or wherever we're selling our house. So, so the technology is advancing. Um, but back to the commissions. So the probably around 2017, everybody switched to more of a 2.5% commission structure. I think 90% of the homes are 95 or 98% of the selling commission was offered to the selling agents at 2.5%. And I think that's where we felt comfortable. I think that's where it was highest and best, where we were getting more people showing our house and things like that. So, so that's the way it's been. Now, the listing commission is all over the place. Some companies, um, they want 6%, and they're going to come in, and their whole indoctrination, their whole um, business model is based around trying to convince sellers they're worth 6%. Now they're giving out two and a half. So instead of it being three and three, now it's three and a half and two and a half. Okay. So, but that's what the lawsuit was about. The lawsuit was about two things. One, there's collusion and price fixing, if you will, at this 6% level. They think they're overcharging sellers. I'm not saying I disagree. I pretty much agree with that, okay? Was there collusion? Was everybody trained to get 6%? To, but the bottom line is I'm walking in, I'm offering four and a half. They can offer six. Buyers and sellers do have an option of what they want to pay, right? So, so do I think six is too much? Sure. Now, let me give it a caveat. Some agents have a client base they've been working on for 30 years. And those clients come to them every three, four, five years. They handle all their family business. They feel comfortable with that agent. 
And if that agent charges 6%, then that agent charges 6%. That's what it is. But in a competitive bid, when there's three agents going after the same listing, a seller can hear anything from four and a half to five, five and a half or six. So they are competitive in, in going out after these listings. So I'm not sure how long that price fixing thing is going to, is going to work or it's going to last. Um, but I will tell you this, it's not going away, right? You know why? Because there's money in it. And the National Association of Realtors in Missouri lost $1.8 billion. And it said they're colluding Keller Williams or Compass or whoever's in all this. There are big names floating around, right? Berkshire Hathaway, big names. So when there's money to be made and attorneys are the first ones to find it, they're going to go get it. So there's going to be a lot of lawsuits, not a few, a lot. Um, they may overturn this. And and it stops, but I can tell you if they don't overturn it, everybody in America is getting. There's going to be a lot of lawsuits going on. So so let's talk about the strategy for the seller. So Danny came to me in probably 2001, and I I was running some internet businesses, and Danny said I want to do full service, four and a half percent. Don't take money from the agents. Just do four and a half percent, but put on these really high quality listings, really the best of the best. And the reason is because prices are going up. There's an internet out there that people can find homes on now. All the things they talked about in the lawsuit, Danny talked about in 2001. So Danny's going, okay, we're gonna do four and a half in full service. And I was like, all right, all right uh, I'm not in on that, but knock yourself out. And, but I still watched, so I was running these other companies and he came up with an agent, brand new agent, made 30 million, you know, did $30 million in production. That was, at 2001 and 2002 prices. That was very interesting. Then he did it again. Realtor of the year. One did eight, they did 30. He did it again. And then he did it again a third year. And on the third year, right about 2004, 2005, I was like, you know, that's a pretty good model. That model's working pretty damn good. Now, he also said that because buyers can find their houses on the internet, <clears throat> we'll get them a rebate. <clears throat> Not only four and a half percent full service listings, we'll give a rebate to our buyers because they're assisting in the purchase of this home. Exactly what this lawsuit was all about. So we've been basically, and of course, I got back into my team full full time in 2007. That's been our model ever since. That's just what we do. So, you know, and and the here's the problem. The problem is. The Danny's model, the Samson Properties model, which Donnie's running now, is the broker is not taking any of the commission. So the broker's taking zero commissions, which means that instead of paying the broker the money, they give it back to the seller in form of lower rates. So lower commission structure, the company's not taking money because let's put it this way. If you, if you give a point to a company, you might as well flush that point right down the, the drain because Compass and Keller Williams and Long and & Foster and Remax and Century 21, none of them are going to do anything to sell your house. That agent that's sitting in front of you, that's who's going to sell your house. If they have to give away a portion of that money, they're going to need 6% just to cover their expenses and their profit margin. So, you know, I've said, I think they're landlocked because... Um, you know, one company um, bought agents. They went out to a real estate agent and they said, we will give you 
$150,000 to come work for our company, but you got to pay us back out of every deal you do. So see, they have to charge a higher rate because they're, they're paying back the company with your money because they're charging higher, um, higher commissions. So, so because we don't have to pay our broker, we can offer less. It's a nice model. It works very well for the sellers. Um, and by doing this full service where, you know, we have now money to spend on geofencing and, and Google ads and, and all of the things that we need to promote these houses, it's a win-win for the seller and it's a win-win for the buyer. So, or for the, for the seller. So, so let's talk about the buying side of the commission. And, and this is where sellers are really struggling. Buyers are saying, or sellers, the last four listing appointments, should we not pay the buyer broker? Should we not pay a commission to the agent that's bringing in the buyer? And, and I say, absolutely not. I mean, that's, that just complicates the transaction. It chases buyers away. It doesn't give us the buyer pool we're looking for. And I'll tell you why. So when I tell a person your house is worth $1 million, it's worth $1 million because the commissions were paid to both the buyer and the seller. So if, if you don't have that 2.5% to the selling agent, then the house is not worth $1 million. It's worth $975,000, right? Because everybody else was paying that twenty-five grand. So, so the prices that we have are based on historically that the agent is paying or the seller is paying both the listing agent and the selling agent. Now, let's say we say no. And, and this is where I, everybody needs to beware. There are agents out there that will say, I will list your house for 3% or 2% or whatever it is. We're not paying the buyer anything. And there are, you can listen to WMAL News or 106.7 and you'll hear agents say, we're not paying the uh, buyer agents anything. I don't know how they get away with it because they offer commissions to the selling agent. So I have no idea how they're getting away with that, but it is what it is. If you do not pay or offer a commission, and, and I feel based on 30 years of knowledge, I feel that a two and a half is the right, right thing to offer, brings in the biggest buyer pool, it's in the best interest of the seller, if you don't offer that, then the buyer looks at that property and says, I have to come up with a down payment. I have to come up with closing costs and I have to pay $25,000 or $30,000 or $40,000 for a realtor's fees. <clears throat> See, it puts more of a burden on the buyer. <clears throat> so the buyer moves on to another house. The exact opposite of what we're trying to do. I spend my whole life trying to attract people to come into the house get a nice, healthy bid going on, have people bid that house up to a crazy number and then close them. That's our job. That's what we do. So when you don't offer this two and a half percent out, it complicates things. The buyer will lower the price. I don't want them to think about lowering the price. I want them to think about bumping the price. I want that price going up, right? So, to my sellers, I say we are offering two and a half percent. I highly recommend that. It has absolutely not been proven um, that you can offer zero percent commission and not affect the, uh, the the amount of buyers that you have coming to your house. 
And I have an old football coach that was my mentor, and he says, you got to dance with what brung you. So if, if 97% of my house to sell and 75% of them sell over list price and everything sells within six days, I'm not moving anything, right? So we are going to dance with what brung us. We're going to, it's 2% is what's paid to the sell, uh, listing company, which is me and us and my team. And that all stays with the team. It's, it pays for Morgan and Kelly and Billy and me and Julie. And, you know, that's all we need. We can do 150, $160 million a year. We're all good with that. Okay. So, but my strong advice to all sellers is don't read the newspapers about something like this. And don't say I'm only offering 2%. That is a sucker ploy that you're going to hear on the internet. You're going to hear cards. You're going to have agents, you know, reach out. If they say, just give me 3%. We're not offering anything to the seller broker or maybe one point to the seller broker or whatever. That is a horrible idea. Just a terrible idea. Four and a half percent, good idea. Not paying the selling broker, horrible idea. Lowers your buyer pool. Let's not do that. That's my advice to my sellers. Sometimes I give recommendations. Sometimes I say, this is a strong recommendation. This is a strong, 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 strong recommendation. This is where we're headed, and this is what we're going to do. All right, let's talk now about the market. And another question I have coming up, when should we list if we're going to sell in the spring? Should it be in the um, January, February, March, April? Okay, so, and the chart is going to show last year, starting November, pretty much 78% of the homes that were put on the market were selling. Didn't matter the month. Did not matter the month. What changed was interest rates really started to go up. And I mean, they went up dramatically. So as they went up, the success rate went down. As the success rate went down, prices fell five to 6%, okay? So we need to be very cautious about two things. One, interest rates. Two, inventory. Now, let's talk about interest rates right now. Interest rates are about a point and an eighth too high. So if you hear 6.75, they should be somewhere around six or a little under 6% right now. And the way I know that is because 30 year fixed rates hover about 1.7, 1.75% above the 10 year treasuries. The 10 year treasuries have fallen dramatically. I mean, right now they're at 4.1%. So if you tack that, 1.7 onto that, you're really at about five and seven eighths. So interest rates should be five and seven eighths, not 6.75. Why are they? Why are they at five? Well, you know, the lenders just got smoked, they got burned, so they're afraid to move it down yet, but it's coming. Trust me, it's coming because rates are falling, um, inflation is down. So then the next question is how do we play this? Right? How do we how do we play this as a buyer? How do we play this as a seller? So a buyer wants to be in the market when um, the success rate is low, right? So according to Julie's chart that she's putting up, you're going to see the success rate has fallen off the chart. A lot of people are withdrawing their houses unsold. We call that shadow inventory. We call that good houses that were priced wrong or not prepared correctly, right? We're still out there. People that put their house on the market don't want to sell them. They need to sell them. Death 
divorce, downsizing, disaster. Lost my job, got to sell my house. Wife left me, got to sell my house. The patriarch has passed away. We need to sell the house. We need to sell the family. So these are not want-to sellers. These are have-to sellers. These are need-to sellers. Couldn't sell it. We take our buyers, we go right back at them. Just go right back at them. And even the houses that are on the market that they've overpriced or underprepared, we come in and we negotiate a much better price. When there are fewer buyers and the buyer is king, that's when you want to be out. Okay, now let's talk about selling. In selling, I really don't care. We, we price our houses. You'll see the success rate could be in the 40s or 50s. We're, ours is always at 97. We're up 96, 97, 98. So I'm not worried about it. We price it correctly. We get our contracts in. We get them sold. Is the house going to be worth more in March than January? Nah, I can't. The thing that scares me the most is as interest rates are coming down, inventory is coming on the market. I mean, it's been down for three years. It's coming. Now, when it comes, it's going to be scary. So it could be, and again, I often show sellers this flashback to 2016 when there was 62 homes on the market in Vienna, over 1.35 million, 62, only two were under contract. And the reason I froze that is because mine was, you know, the one out of uh, 62, or two, there were two out of 62, mine was one of them. So I froze it in time and I kept it. But now it's, it's a beacon of this is what could happen. It happened in 216. Could everybody start putting their house on the market? Oh, yeah. Inventory this year was down 40%. Sellers, when the inventory is down, that's when you sell, right? So when do we put them on in the spring? We bring them on on January the 15th and let it rock because the inventory shows up somewhere around the time you start seeing flowers. March sometime. April showers bring me flowers. Let's call it March, April. That's when people say, well, the flowers are out and everything's good. I don't really care because that's when all of the listings are out. That's when everybody's bringing their house on the market. So don't dictate when you want to bring your house on the market based on the market conditions or interest rates or anything like that. If it's your time, if it's your time, then it's your time. If January the 15th is my favorite time to put house on the market, why? I don't have it. Everybody's been cooped up all winter. You know, they they realize they need a bigger house. They're out there looking. You know, you get real heavy lookers in January 15th. Uh, contracts start flying. Um, we're full, full speed by February. And then inventory comes flying on the market. So, Again, the only thing I look at, I look at two things. Interest rates, yes, they're falling. That's good. Oh, my God. If interest rates were at 7% or 7.5% and we got a bunch of inventory in the market, we are, we are, you'd see prices fall 15%. So we're lucky that as interest rates are coming down, you're going to start seeing the inventory build up. That's where we are. Best time to sell, January, February. That's the best time to get your houses on the market. Um, for buyers, you know, you buy when they cry and you sell when they yell. Right now they're crying because nobody's nobody's buying. So you want to get out there and you want to get in on some contracts. Now's the time to do it. Let me ask you something. 
the last three springs, have you been able to buy a house? No. Why? Seven contracts, paying stupid prices. I mean, literally, I was selling houses going, I cannot believe somebody's going to pay that number for this house. It's not worth 1.35 million and they paid 1.49 million for it. I had two contracts. I had a $1.1 million house off of 1.35 million. There's no way that house worth 1.35 million. They paid it. So you don't have that kind of crazy stuff right now. And the more inventory that comes on the market, the less that's going to happen. But I tell everybody, I wouldn't speculate on real estate. It happens. It's like when I was in the Marines, they tell us, you know, you're never going to hear the bullet that hits you. Never hear it. And you'll never hear it in real estate until it's too late. Now, if you listen to Coffee with Casey, I track this thing on a daily basis, weekly basis, 30-day basis, 90-day basis. They're not catching me short like they did in 2016. We're tracking it. If you're listening to Coffee with Casey, where you can stay up to date on market conditions, strategies for buyers and sellers, and the commission conversation that people are going to have to have. And again, I think Daniel hit it right on the button in 2001. And I was the genius that said, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. And all of a sudden by 2005 and 2007, he, he, it was a huge success, huge success. And that's when I jumped back in and it's worked like a charm. My name is Casey Sampson. This is Coffee with Casey. You can hear me every Thursday at 1030 on Facebook Live, or you can listen to Casey, go to caseysampson.com and hit our podcast. We'll see you again next week. If you want to reach me, I'm at Casey at caseysampson.com or 703-508-2535. We'll see you again next week. Bye now.